Good morning. Oh, better than that, please. Good morning. Welcome to Presbyterian Church of the Covenant, where we are worshiping Jesus Christ. We are living out the Heavenly Father's love, and we are transforming community by the Holy Spirit. I have a couple announcements for us. One is, this bulletin we handed out is not anywhere near what's going to happen this morning. So, uh, <laughs> be fu- I was even told right before I stood up, even what you think is true isn't true. So, just follow this, bu- we're going to follow this thing, this PowerPoint. But it, all these things are going to happen, and uh, it's all reasons to praise the Lord. It's January 8, 2023. My one announcement is um, going on vacation tomorrow for a week and a day, MLK Jade. I didn't think I needed a vacation, but I guess I do. It's kind of tired, yeah. Uh, my buddy Barry Martinez, the, the man who officiated my wife and I's wedding and one of my best bosses, he, you've heard him before if you've been around, um, he'll be uh, preaching from God's Word, so please don't miss it. That guy's amazing. Um, I'm going to invite up, we're going to kick it off with an ordination and installation service. How about that, my friends? Are you excited? I'm excited too. Kenny Almanza, maybe the youngest person ordained and installed here. Maybe, maybe not. We probably had youth here before. Um, And I'm going to invite Marsha up as well. Marsha Millar, our clerk of session. Kenny, I'm really glad you're with us, brother. Look at how handsome that young man is. I'm gonna, we're going to start it off with some um, renewal of baptismal vows, which means just proclaiming um, that you believe in Jesus. And I recommend everyone in here, as, as I ask Kenny these questions, talk to God. See if these are still true of you. You can reaffirm your baptismal vows right, as, right along with him. First one, trusting in the gracious mercy of God, do you turn from the ways of sin and renounce evil and its power? Please say, I do. Do you turn to Jesus Christ and accept him as your Lord and Savior, trusting in his grace and his love? Please say, I do. Will you be Christ's faithful disciple, obeying his word and showing his, his love? Please say, I will with God's help. And then we get more specific into um, your elder responsibility. This church has elected him, and yeah, I'll ask him some questions. You sincerely receive and adopt the essential tenets of the Reformed faith as expressed in the confession of our church as authentic and reliable expositions of what Scripture leads us to believe and do, and will you be instructed and led by those confessions as you lead the people of God? Please say, I do, and I will. Will you fulfill your office in obedience to Jesus Christ under the authority of Scripture and be continually guided by our confessions? Please say, I will. Will you be governed by our church's polity, and will you abide by its discipline? Will you be a friend among your colleagues in ministry, working with them, subject to the ordering of God's word and spirit? Please say, I will. Will you, in your own life, seek to follow the Lord Jesus Christ, love your neighbors, and work for the reconciliation of the world? Please say, I will. I will. 
Do you promise to further the peace, unity, and purity of the church? Please say, I do. Last one. Will you seek to serve the people with energy, intelligence, imagination, and love? Please say, I will. Now, this is my favorite part. You guys hear this every time. We promised him a couple things. And I want you to look in the eyes of these people and hold them accountable to this, right? Um, Do we, the members of this church, Presbyterian Church of the Covenant, accept Kenny Almanza as an elder chosen by God through the voice of this congregation to lead us in the way of Jesus Christ, Christ? Please say, we do. Do we agree to encourage, to respect Kenny as he guides us serving Jesus Christ who alone is head of the church? Please say, we we do. Now, we are called into the church of Jesus Christ by baptism and marked as Christ owned by the Holy Spirit. This is our common calling to be disciples and servants of our servant Lord. Within the community of the church, some are called to particular service. Kenny's been called as an elder. He's been called and ordained. He is a gift to Christ's church. And we are proclaiming we're going to be in his corner. And he's going to be caring with compassion in the world ordering and governing the church on our behalf. Representing the one holy, Catholic, and apostolic church, the session of the Presbyterian Church of the Covenant now ordains Kenny Almanza to the office of elder and installs to active service on the session. Would anyone who's been ordained as a deacon or elder uh, in any once ordained always ordained? So from this for this point forward, you are an ordained elder in the Presbyterian Church of the United States of America. Um, anybody who's ordained or as a deacon or an elder, please stand. And would you just put your hands out? And I'm going to pray over Kenny. Gracious God. Pour out your spirit of power and truth upon the whole church that we may be for you, a holy people, baptized to serve you in the world, sustain this congregation and ministry, ground us in the gospel, secure our hope in Christ, strengthen our service to the outcast, and increase our love for one another. Show us the transforming power of your grace in our lives together, that we may be servants of the gospel, offering a a compelling witness in the world to the good news of Jesus the Christ, our Lord and Savior. And all God's people said, Amen. Would, Would everyone in the congregation please stand? And as our call to worship, we're going to serenade Kenny with the Apostles' Creed, and we'll have to turn around and read it. But one last round of applause, please. The 
So we'll go from serenading Kenny with the, the Apostles' Creed straight into our opening hymn of Rock of Ages. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who is conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. like to invite Terry forward and Erica. We've had people working behind the scenes and Terry's been a huge part of that and um, first of all round of applause to Gwen Black, Terry Ewan and Patty Ernest please for the hard work that they've put in and the love and the faith and all kinds of jazz. And Terry has a really exciting announcement for us. So our really exciting announcement is to introduce you to Erica Turley Davila. And um, she is going to be our new children's lead teacher and take care of children's ministries. So 
Um, we are super excited to have her. She's funny and bright and smart and way overqualified, and we're so lucky to have her. Um, we're just super, super excited that we get to uh, share this place with her. So um, we'd like we're going to actually um, go back and teach our first lesson today, and um, with the kids. But you guys will be. Uh, after church in the fellowship hall so everybody can come in and say hi so she it'll still be a little easy to uh, keep everybody in order because erica farless is a k and this erica is a c so we're still good on that it's not too confusing but anyway come and meet her in the fellowship hall afterward and, um, but we're just super super excited to have her with us Eric, I don't want to put you on the spot, but I am going to put you on the spot. Can I ask you a couple questions? First of all, uh, I got to hear a little bit of your faith journey. Would you just tell this congregation uh, just a little bit of your faith journey, like when God became real to you, maybe? Sure. Um, Almost 20 years ago, I was raised as an American Christian, I like to call it. So my family would go to church on Christmas and Easter. That was about it. Usually, maybe a couple of times in between. But as an adult, I found the Lord in 2004. And I fell really hard for him. I fell in love hard. And he just swooped me up. And I've been running after him um, ever since. Not that I follow him perfectly. (laughs) I get off trail many times. But um, currently, I am going to Biola University in their seminary, working on a master's in divinity part-time. It'll be a while. And I'm switching from um, a career history in corporate and higher education to ministry. Um, I feel like it's the time of my life that God has been preparing me to work in ministry. And I'm so blessed that you guys are my first opportunity to have uh, be employed in ministry. I've done a lot of volunteer work over the past 18 years uh, for the Lord, including children's ministry. And I look forward to serving you guys and your children. Raise your, raise your hand if you're a fan of Erica already. Okay, if you look at these people in the eye, and they're in your corner. This is one of these congregations, and I'm just three years into this. These people are good at loving and let loose on loving this young lady. Let me uh, lead us in a word of prayer over her. Heavenly Father, precious Lord Jesus, powerful spirit, we thank you for Erica. We thank you for her heart. I thank you for her love of you and her love of children. And I pray that you would use her mightily here. May we as a congregation support and equip her and encourage her. And may her uh, love of you shine brightly and be passed on. And all God's people said. Another round of applause, please. Let's see what we got next. It might be worship. It might be praise music. I'm sorry. Yes. Okay, Danny, thank you very much. Well, welcome to 2023. What's that? The children are excused. The children are You're excused, children. (laughs) You know, I was just sitting here thinking, you know, because we're doing little rough transitions today. How grateful I am for Jason. Like, honestly, right? Like, 
I've been around a long time. Believe it or not, I'm actually older than Jason. Just two years. Just two years. Yeah. And uh, I have seen a lot. I've been around pastors and evangelists and worked in huge mega churches and toured in groups and all those things. And it's very rare you come across people that are uh, authentic, sincere, honest, and really, really going about this ministry life um, from a place of purity. And there's a lot of people going through the motions. Some of the biggest pastors I've ever worked beside uh, have been quite disappointing in private lives. And um, it's, really, it's really cool for me to be able to work alongside people like Jason um, that just are just real. And so thank you for being real uh, and honest and such a good friend to me both off and on stage. I just want to say thanks. I, that wasn't planned. I just thought of it as we were transitioning here. Thanks, brother. So as we worship God, let's, uh, let's also give gratitude for... Um, for each other.
Be still, there is a river 
Gracious God, our sins are too heavy to carry, too real to hide, and too deep to undo. Forgive what our lips tremble to name, what our hearts can no longer bear, and what has become for us a consuming fire of judgment. Set us free from a past that we cannot change. Open to us a future in which we can be changed, and grant us grace to grow more and more in your likeness and image. Through Jesus Christ, the light of the world. Amen. Hear the good news. Hope does not disappoint us, for God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit given to us in baptism. Believe the good news and give thanks, for in Jesus Christ we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Round of applause for Philip, please. <laughs> Dude, everything's flowing all crazy. And he's handling it like a champ. Good job, Philip. We're in Ephesians. We started in Ephesians uh, last week, the, the new year. It's a prison epistle, which means it's a prison letter. Paul's in prison when he writes it. And he's writing to this church in, in Ephesus. Uh, um, it's a strong church, but and Ephesus is kind of a, it's a pretty important place. Um, and as I've been studying it, preparing for these sermons, I've noticed how much kingdom of God is in it, how much you really get the sense that Paul's in this, this prison, and what's bringing him hope is both this church in Ephesus and these moments where, like I mentioned last week, where the veil of this world seems to be peeled back and he gets visions and he gets insight into um, the kingdom of God, triumphant, which we all enter when we proclaim Jesus as our Lord. He's our king and the kings of this world are not. Amen? And so he... There's this this passage this morning is so cool. It's so uh, good. Anybody you got anybody in your life that when they get on a certain topic, they kick into a different gear and lose you, <laughs> right? <laughs> if you're talking about baking, 
Sharon will just kick it into some gear, and boom, you're lost. You know, you leaven, blah, blah, yeah, whatever. It tastes delicious, you know. <laughs> you talk music or acting, and Danny can kick it into some other gear. Um, Paul is that way because he's this deep Jewish theologian. So in this passage, he kicks it up to this new gear. He covers so much in these brief verses, but um, let's, let's take a look at them. This is Ephesians chapter 2, and I'm going to read the first 10 verses. You were dead through the trespasses and sins in once you once lived, following the course of this world, following the ruler of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work amongst, among those who are disobedient. All of us once lived among them in the passions of our flesh, following the desires of flesh and senses. And we were by nature children of wrath, like everyone else. But God, in his, who, but God, who is rich in mercy, out of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead, through our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So that in the ages to come, the might, he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not the result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are what he has made us, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand to be our way of life. This is the word of the Lord. It's it's fortuitous. It's the Holy Spirit driven right here that we did our prayer confession and then this. What's up with all these weird sounds? Does anybody know what's going on? Is something about to blow up? That's a hearing aid? Okay. Well, I think we're just going to have to roll with it, I guess. I don't know. Uh, unless I can, you think I can preach at that pitch? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I think that's really high. With someone who has has an earring aid going, ee! Okay, perfect. Praise ye the Lord. You guys stick at that. (laughs) But I still love you. He starts these first three verses, and he describes us before faith in Jesus. He describes the world without God. He describes the world without Jesus coming to save us. Anybody see the movie Unforgiven? Clint Eastwood, his anti-Western? This is Unforgiven. This is if the world didn't have a Savior, if you couldn't break free from what you were, your old life, if you couldn't get out of the ways you are set into at birth. It's Unforgiven. It's, it's bleak. It's dark. It's just like when we prayed in our prayer confession. 
we're children of wrath. That's what he says in the text. What did we say in our prayer confession? We're just like we're storing up punishment against us or something. We confessed that. Does anybody remember that about five seconds ago? Okay. So Paul is in this prison cell and he's talking about these He's talking to the church at Ephesus, and he's describing Ephesians, the people of Ephesus, before Christ. And I think it's important. I think it's important for followers of Jesus to go back to those moments, not to dwell there. You know, Psalm 23 says, you know, we're not supposed to sit down in the valley. But as we walk through the valley, we should go through the valleys. We should think about those days when you had darkness in your eyes. You know what I'm talking about? There was no purpose. There was no hope. There was no meaning. It hurt. It was lonely. I was just, we were just talking about it last night with a group of friends just reflecting on because um, I used to be I used to work in a recovery ministry and it was every week I would see people coming in off the street and there was no life in their eyes it was like looking into an, like an empty empty shell there was a darkness and being on the front lines it was amazing those nights when they would come to Jesus and they would come in with dark eyes and they would walk out with light. I remember one gentleman, Jesse James, that was his name. And he came in and he wouldn't look up and his hat was like this and he was was ripped. He was really strong. And I was sitting next to him and we're worshiping. I go up and preach and then I sit down again and we're standing, we're worshiping. And he's just, you don't know what's going on. And right at the end, the last song, I'm about to go up and do the benediction. I look over at him. He's looked up, and he's just bawling. He's bawling. And I give the altar call, and he's the first one up. And it was almost, I I saw the light, you know, through the Spirit go into. And Paul is in prison thinking about, man, what was, it was so dark. But then, like I said, he kicks it into this fifth gear. We see this, you see Paul the theologian, you see Paul the soteriologist, you see Paul the epistemologist, he's ridiculously smart. <laughs> you get in, this, in, this, in this, little, this little section of scripture, he's really, really smart, and he's really, really smart in this area. He's a, pro, he's a prolific theologian, so he kicks it in. What are the two absolute theological truths behind our salvation? Not yet. That's soteriology. What's the, the theology of it? What's the God? What's the God of it? God, full of mercy. That's the basis of our salvation. God's mercy is the, is the absolute ground of meaning of our salvation. Everyone in here. I didn't work better than you. You know, like, I... I'm in for the same reason you're in. What's that reason? God is so full of mercy. What's the deepest water you've ever been in? 
Everybody should probably say the Pacific, <laughs> right? <laughs> I remember I was in the Philippines, and we were in this, um, we went on this excursion, and there was this waterfall, but it was a different kind of waterfall. It was just water going off, uh, going over a rock. And I remember there was, there was this water going over this wa- rock, and we hiked for about five miles to get to this. And we were sliding down and ripping up our jeans and stuff like that. But on the, there was a plateau of one of it, and somehow there had been a deep water thing, like a well, like a fresh water I, I don't know if somebody drilled or if God just decided to put a hole right there, a dimple. And I remember one of the, the um, Filipinos dropping a line down. And he had, all he had was like a, like a, it was a vine. It was probably from here to where Karen Mora was. It was a really long vine. And that didn't reach the bottom. And I remember jumping in that and I'm like, I wonder what's down there. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know, maybe it goes all the way to the center. No, but it wasn't hot, so I was, I don't know. It was, uh, as, but picture, just cross those two visions of how deep God's love is with this swimming and bottomlessness experience. There are people that have tested the outer limits out the outer limits of God. There are murderers. There's scandalous folk. God can outlove anything. God can outlove evil. God's love wins. And what's the second thing? His mercy and his great love for who? Louder. Us. That's you, you and I as individuals and us as a people. When's the last time you sat and said to yourself, God loves me? I suggest this is my first application. I think we as a church need to get this drilled deep down. I think we're acting like petty children a lot of the times, and it's because we don't understand this. God absolutely adores you. No one else can put a a stamp on you. Let that truth define you. I remember a sermon uh, by a guy from EB Free. He said, do this once a day. Stand in front of a mirror and say, God, the creator of the universe, master of all things, the beginning and the end, loves me. God loves. He just doesn't like me. He doesn't put up with me. He doesn't say, yeah, good job. Doesn't patronize me. He takes me seriously and he loves me. God loves not just Dan, not just Kim, not just Maria, not just Malia, not just Marcia, not just Klaus. 
God loves me. Jason Warren Griffiths, as is. And then he gets into salvation. This is soteriology, the study of salvation. And you can see him, you can see that, that veil get pulled back again. He starts seeing people in ourselves as we really are. And how are we really? How are we really? According to those verses. We're forgiven. We're saved. We're in the heavenly realms with riches of grace and mercy. All through this again. Once again, he goes to the cross. And like you said earlier, everybody was just a little ahead of me in the text. The key to receiving this underlying God's mercy, this underlying God's adoration of us, what's the key to that? No, it starts with a G, ends with a race. Grace. Right? And we receive it. That's right. We receive it by grace through faith. You guys have reformed, right? You guys should. This is just review for everybody in the room, hopefully. But if it's not, it's amazing news. We don't have to be at our varsity level running our race all the time at an excellent level. Why not? Because win, lose, or draw, whether we stink, whether we're amazing, whether we're absolutely profoundly like overwhelming, it doesn't matter. The only way that the Father will receive us is through faith in grace displayed through Jesus Christ on the cross. And it says profoundly, We not only died with him, but we rose again with him. In this text, he's proclaiming you and I are resurrected beings. We're living in this fallen world, and this realm around us is all dark and confusing. But we as followers of Christ are living examples of what Jesus does when, he, when God gets a hold of a sinner and raises them again in Jesus. One last little thing, and then I'll get you some applications. Oh, my goodness, look at this. Sorry. <laughs> this ink is bleeding all over me. I got blue hands. Okay. Verse 10 is one of Paul's central statements of how Christians are at the center of God's new creation. I just didn't want to miss saying that. We're at the center of God's new creation. Applications. First of all, it's good every once in a while to reflect on the truth that you were once lost. You once had that darkness in your eyes. It keeps you from being arrogant, and it keeps you... And Notice that Paul repeats over and over in this text, it's not you, it's not you, it's not you, it's all God, it's all God, it's all God. And then drill down into God's mercy. Drill down into God's great love. Once a day, say, God 
loves me. And say it three times and emphasize the three different words in that statement. And then, through grace we're alive. Does anybody hear that out of my mouth? What does that mean? It means, is anyone smiling in this room? (laughs) I'm looking out and I'm saying, grace is, it means we're alive. And it's like preaching to a wall of people saying, okay. (laughs) No, duh. Or, no, seriously, you're alive. One theologian put it this way. He said, Jesus did not come into this world to make bad people good. He came to make dead people alive. Right? That's a little, I, I, I know we're Presbyterian, but seriously, break through that a little bit every once in a while, because otherwise it's discouraging as a pastor. He, he didn't come to make us good people. I'm still not a good person. In Christ, I'm an amazing person. In Christ, I'm a citizen of the, of the king in heaven. I'm alive. I was a dead person. Now I'm alive. We have a song. I believe we have a song to sing. Let's sing about this song. Let me pray for us. God, I just, I thank you that this is true. I thank you for our Apostle Paul, and I thank you for this letter to this church in Ephesus. And I pray that we would get lost in your rich mercy, get lost in your rich adoration and love of each of us and as a people. I would, you've made us alive, make us more alive. And all God's people said, the time in the service where we give back to God just a portion of what he's given to us. If you're listening at the podcast, um, Patty, what's your daughter's name again? Susan? We just want to say hi. 
Thanks for listening to the podcast so much. And, uh, but if you want to send any tithes, offering, or gifts, Susan, you send them to Presbyterian Church of the Covenant. <laughs> P.O. Box 2128, Costa Mesa, California. But feel free to not send anything, Susan. We're just glad uh, you, you're worshiping with us. But this morning's tithes and offerings are now received. Don't you get shy on me, lift up your soul. 
is a favorite of mine, and I love the images that it portrays. It says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. He drew me up from the desolate pit, out of the miry bog, and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. And it is to that God that we go to in a time of prayer, a God who inclines to us to hear our every word and to draw us up from wherever we are. So let us now go before God in prayer. Tender and merciful God, in humbleness we bow our heads and ask you to fill us with your love. Let it overflow into every area of our lives so that each thought and decision, every word and action will proclaim your glory and the eternal truth that Jesus is Lord. Show us, we pray, how we can be your light in a hurting world. May our light shine before others in our daily life, that they may see the things we do and give you the glory. God of light and truth, you have sent your beloved Son to show us your grace and truth. Make his church also be the light of the world. May our church here be like a lampstand that gives light to everything around. Lead us to show your love to the world beyond these doors. We give thanks for the gift of rain, and we pray that our drought conditions may be improved. We pray for protection of the people in areas that flood. We pray for those who govern and maintain peace in every land, that they exercise their powers in obedience to your commands. 
We pray for the new members of Congress and the House as they begin their terms of office. Lead them to serve wisely and fairly, honoring all peoples. We pray that the young may be educated, the old cared for, the hungry filled, the homeless housed, and the sick comforted and healed. Mighty and merciful God, you sent Jesus to heal broken lives. We give thanks that today you also send healing through doctors, medicine, and technology. Lord, you are the great physician, and we are grateful that we can come to you with our concern for ourselves and for others. We claim your promise of wholeness as we pray for those who are ill in body, mind, or spirit, and who long for your healing touch. Make the weak strong, the sick well, and the broken whole. We ask for healing and wholeness for Patty Ernest, Kay Deer, Keith Coslin. We continue to pray for healing for Pat Leahy, Lou Stead, Gwen Conway, and Kevin. We pray for our members and families who are ill or recovering from COVID. Bring them complete healing, we pray. Protect the vulnerable in our midst. Protect us from the other infections going around this winter. This morning, we remember our old friend Jeannie Sager and her family as she nears the end of her earthly life. We pray for a smooth transition for her and comfort for her family. Almighty God, your Son, our Savior Jesus Christ, is the light of the world. May your people, illuminated by your word and sacraments, shine with the radiance of your glory, that he may be known, worshipped, and obeyed to the end of the earth. For it is in his name we pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. And after our message on grace today, there was only one hymn that was perfect to conclude our service with. So would you please stand, and we will sing Amazing Grace.
That's a mighty long time. Uh, thank you very much for worshiping with us this morning. A uh, couple, couple reminders. One is I'm on vacation this week. If you have any pastoral needs, point them to my my partner in crime over there, Sharon. And um, be sure to come back next week to hear Barry Martinez share from God's Word. And then be sure to congratulate Kenny on being ordained and installed as an elder. And then welcome Erica with open arms and love and grace and mercy. But receive this morning's benediction. May God's face shine upon you. May the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit guard and keep you. And may the peace of Christ, which transcends all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds today, tomorrow, and forevermore. May it be so. Amen.
Beautiful. Thank you for coming. I, did, I forget to tell you, all 